0: The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. 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 This is, is AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation. Nation. This is an AV Nation special. My name is Tom Albright. I am your host. In 2017, Samsung began showing off what they called the cinema screen. It was shown at CES and CinemaCon that year. Earlier this year, they showed off the technology at Integrated Systems Europe in Amsterdam and had the first two installations globally, again under the name Cinema Screen, first in South Korea and another in Switzerland. In late April, Samsung unveiled the first North America installation of the technology and gave it a name, the Samsung Onyx. Aviation was among the press covering the event in LA. Today we're catching up with Nick Conte from Samsung about the reception the screen has received thus far what theater owners are doing to promote the screen, and how integrators can get trained on the installation. Mr. Conti, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us this morning. Uh, Since the opening in L.A., what's been the reception uh, of the Onyx?
1: I mean, the reception is fantastic. It's every time we talk to the theater staff, they keep telling us how many people are calling and asking, you know, where's that screen? What show times are on that screen? Um, They're telling us that, you know, a lot of the shows are sold out. Obviously, obviously that's heavily content dependent, but um, a lot of the shows are sold out people are definitely noticing a difference. It's been, from the general movie going public, it's, it's been a, an extremely good reaction.
0: Now, when, when theater owners advertise their movies on the screen, they're advertising it as being on the Samsung Onyx, correct?
1: Um, Not currently, because the uh, exhibitor wants to uh, give it a few months test. They really wanted, because right now they're just charging the same ticket price as the other screens. So they wanted to see what the uptick was with absolutely no marketing, kind of an all things being equal test. And um, I think it's been extremely successful.
0: We talked about this at the opening, but describe what the typical installation process is uh, from both the Samsung side, as well as the Harman audio system.
1: In terms of installing the screen, I mean, prep work is obviously key. You know, I mean, unlike uh, the screen itself, the whole apparatus with uh, the screen, the speakers, and the steel frame weighs about 8,000 pounds. So when you put it in front of an auditorium like that, and especially when it's uh, consumer-facing, it's key that you get a—and uh, we and we did it—got um, a structural engineer, to sign off on the installation, so it's about load bearing, how it's braced to the the floor and the back structural wall, and um, and making sure it it meets all the seismic seismic requirements, which was definitely done for that auditorium. I mean that that particular frame that you saw in um, in Pacific Swineca, was three bolts at the back of the steel frame. It was bolted three times at every joist at the bottom of the frame. And then with Unistruck going to the structural wall, uh, it was also bolt, uh, braced vertically. So, and in actually two positions, or a, I should say three positions, one at every catwalk in the top. So, I mean, that screen is absolutely going nowhere. So, th- I mean, that's the first thing is you have to make sure from a design and planning stage to ensure that you have the original blueprints of the, uh, of the auditorium and make sure it's structurally sound and get a structural engineer, especially when it comes to seismic zones, get them to sign off and uh, provide an official stamp. Um, the second thing, it takes about, you know, anywhere from one to two weeks to install the whole apparatus, including the sound. Um, actually, the sound is the easiest to install uh, from a hardware standpoint. So the key is, you know, the sound installation doesn't really differ from a regular sound installation for the most part. The key differences are is those reflector horns. I don't know if you saw them on the, side of the uh, sides of the auditorium. They're just below or above the, um, the first surround sound. So the key point is to get those in the right position vertically on the screen because you want to mimic where the uh, screen speakers used to be. So in terms of the high frequencies and the horns, they end up about two thirds of the way up of the uh, through the screen. So making sure those are in the right vertical position, then you have to angle them to the right horizontal position, um, and that may and that ensures that the bounce you get from those high frequencies ends up in the right place in the auditorium, and you don't end up with too much crosstalk. The third is uh, really tuning the uh, you know the the more about tuning and calibration. So calibrating the screen the initial the first time takes a full day eight to twelve hours and that's making sure that all the colors are correct you got to have a color meter et cetera et cetera um, that actually with a you know a trained technician can do it in less time uh, you know uh, much less time but um, it takes roughly about eight to twelve hours to calibrate the image screen itself the first time and then audio tuning the rune you have to make sure that the the uh, reflector horns are time aligned with the screen, and make sure the de-elevation filter is implemented correctly. So right now, on our first couple installations, Harman is doing Harman's staff is doing all the um, all the tuning of the room, and the Samsung staff is doing uh, all the calibration. That we have actually spent last week opening up this uh, project and this product to many different cinema dealers. So whereas, you know, previously we were working with just one, we're opening that up to a much wider market. So we're going to have Samsung in September is going to open up a training facility down in Irvine where we can teach our uh, cinema, our our dealer partners and SI uh, system integrators, how to do the calibration, how to, you know, tune the room, things like that. So, they will be uh, fully trained by the end of this year. We should have quite a few, <clears throat> quite a few of our partners fully trained and certified on uh, on this screen.
0: So they can not just advertise, but also say that they are Samsung and Harman certified for these systems.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So right now, you know, on the, that we're working with about 14 different dealers or 14 different cinema integrators that uh, we're working to sign up right now. There are quite a few more in uh, in the cinema business, and we're definitely open to everybody. I mean, Samsung is, you know, always has a mantra of non-exclusivity. So we are definitely open to everyone, but just as a matter of workflow, we're focusing on the top 14 right now.
0: It was mentioned during the presentation and actually talking with some of the members of the press there that cover the cinema industry exclusively. It was said that the Onyx could change the way movies were made. In what way?
1: Let me qualify that a little bit. It, It could change the way movies are finished. So not necessarily made from like I mean movies will still be shot the same way I mean there's a lot of advances in in cameras Red doing is a great is doing a great job Ari is is you know obviously the industry standard in terms of picture quality um, but in terms of the way movies are made most of that will stay the same where it's more about the post production process and color timing process. The screen is, you know, because it has an 18-bit uh, colored, 18-bit uh, depth at grayscale uh, intensity. We can, the the screen can actually reproduce 281 trillion unique colors, and give, and a lot of that has to do with the brightness. Because at higher brightness levels, you can actually, it, it accentuates different uh, hues and color. So what we're, what we're giving to color timists, cinematographers, and directors is a greater palette to color time the movie. So this is all obviously HDR, right? So currently in the cinema business, I'm not talking about you know home entertainment or TVs, but in the cinema business, um, there are really you know there's only one de facto, not even like kind of a set agreed upon standard, but one de facto commercially available standard for a high dynamic range, which is just simply, as everyone all your listeners know, is just a greater range of colors to see, right? So, um, currently you have Dolby vision out there, which is a spectacular product. I mean, they have certainly pushed projection, I believe, as far as it can go. Um, but the Dolby, you know, the Dolby vision product can only go up to, uh, as far as peak brightness, 108 nits, which is 28 to 30 foot lamberts. I don't know the exact calculation. Um, but you know, our screen allows, color time is to have a, a palette that's three times greater than that. You know, we can go up to 300 nits. We can actually even go up to 500 nits, but those are special settings and we're not necessarily promoting that. But um, we, uh, we can go up to 300 nits, which is about 88 foot Lamberts, which simply means that we give our, and given you know, the, the, the bit depth and the, <laughs> massive amount of colors that we can reproduce. It simply gives color timers and directors and cinematographers a much greater palette to um, color time their movies. So you can, and I mean, it'll—they'll be able to see all the details in the in the shadows. <clears throat> they'll be able to get you know, many, many different colors of uh, versions of uh, each primary color. And just to, uh, like I said, a greater palette to express their creative vision on. Will it change the way movies are shot or sound mix? Probably not. But in terms of color timing and the visual representation of the uh, the screen, it will um, give them uh, a much wider range. So if they want, I mean, they can Color time the movie up to with the max brightness of 300 nits, but they could go anywhere in between them. So if they want to do, I don't know, 117 nits or 153 nits or 237 nits, it's totally up to them. As long as it's below 300 nits, our screen can handle it without changing of any settings.
0: I think that's actually some of what we saw at the roundabout production facility uh, earlier in the day before the presentation.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: One of the questions that came out actually from colleagues of mine and people that I know when they saw that I was out in LA for this opening was how do I get this in my house? Uh, I'll ask you the same sort of question. The CEO goes to a movie and, and witnesses it on a Samsung Onyx screen. They walk out of there, and, and she she goes to her technology staff and say, "I want this in her boardroom. I want this in 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 the boardroom or in my house. How do they do, How do they do that?
1: Well, step one, they would need to find a uh, a forty foot wall that that is not being used. <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, in terms of um, you know, unless you have the size and the space, you're never going to be able to reproduce this. Because I mean, a part of the you know, even though we I can sit here and talk to you about tech specs and this and that. A huge part of this is you're looking at a 40 foot LED wall, you know, right in front of your face with all these uh, colors being reproduced. So the size, you know, in this respect, size does matter. And, um, you know, the size of the screen makes a huge difference. Now, that being said, Samsung has tons of different products. I'd like to highlight one specific product that I'm pretty sure you're very familiar with, the wall. So the wall is a direct view. Yeah, I mean, you know, first of all, they'll never be able to uh, duplicate this experience on any LCD-based panel because it's just it's a completely different technology. This is all direct view LED. Each pixel is independently lit and colored with an RGB uh, red, green, and blue diode. LCD is just not that way. So, But the wall product that uh, Samsung has coming out this fall um, on a smaller scale. So you're not, it's not the same experience. I want to be very clear. You're never going to get the same experience on a smaller scale, but on a smaller scale, if they, if they don't mind the lack of size, then they can definitely reproduce all the tech specs and color on the wall. The wall is an insanely gorgeous product. I mean, it's actually a, a tighter pixel pitch than the, um, the Onyx screen. The Onyx screen is a 2.5 millimeter pixel pitch. The wall is a zero, uh, 0.84 pixel pitch, which simply means you can get closer to it without seeing the space between pixels. Yeah, so obviously you need that for a, a home entertainment environment. When you go to those smaller screens, the sound becomes much less of an issue. So you can actually, um, there's a lot of, I mean, you know, JBL makes um, a line of, of products called JBL Synthesis, which is a, which are fantastic. You still get the cinema sound in a much smaller footprint and a much more aesthetically pleasing environment. So, I mean, you know, if you don't mind, um, you can never recreate the experience, but if you're looking to somehow copy it on a smaller scale, then it's definitely the Samsung wall and the JBL Synthesis would, uh, would certainly give you the quality, but on a smaller uh, smaller scale
0: very good nick conti from samsung if someone is interested in getting more information about the samsung onyx or how to become an authorized dealer and installer how do they do that
1: uh they would contact me actually <laughs> nick.conti at sa-
0: nick conti from samsung thank you so much my name is tim albright from Aviation tv for more information about Aviation, our weekly news programs and other shows go by the website aviation.tv. that's avnation.tv I'm um... sorry, I